Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Uh, mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. Do I keep saying mic check? I don't know. It's just habit, you know, when you're on set and you have to, you know, set up a lavalier on someone or you're testing the boom mic. You know, if you're doing that yourself, it just becomes habit. Mic check, mic check. Anyways, hopefully this uh, microphone sounds better too. The Sennheiser MKE 600. Please let me know if it sounds better than the old NTG2. Um, what is going on? Y'all, today we're talking about going from videographer to cinematographer or maybe... You want to go from cinematographer to videographer. Mm, now that is a bold move. That is a bold statement. Now, I mean, probably you want to go from videographer to cinematographer, right? What does that look like? What are some of the um, drawbacks? What are some of the challenges uh, going from, you know, from point A to kind of like point Z, I guess, right? Um, cinematographer slash director of photography. <clears throat> is there a difference, right? Because I... I get a hard on jobs, whether it's a DP, director of photography, or a cinematographer, right? And most of the time, I'm still operating the camera to some some degree. Um, I'm still working with the lighting department, uh, with the gaffer, um, and in some some instances, I am still setting up the lights myself, right? I got a half and half right now in my career. Um, but the biggest difference between videographer and cinematographer slash DP is uh, is I, I feel like for the most part, it's going to be the scale of the project, right? Because as a videographer, you still will need to know how to, you know, light an interview or light um, a product, anything, right? Something in, in, in that realm. And as a cinematographer and as a DP, you still have to be able to know how to light a face, know how to light a product, know how to light um, a scene is probably like the biggest difference between videographer, videographer, and cinematographer, right? As a videographer, you're not really worried about, you're never, you're never hired for a project reading to light an entire set, uh, or a house, or a living room, or a garage, or uh, a car, right? You're for the most part hire if you need to light something. Again, it's either like a, a small product or it's or it's someone's face. Right, so that's like the main difference when it comes to lighting. Uh, but you still need to know the camera. You still need to know how to operate the camera. You still need to know um, what what good composition is like. You have to know how to work with talent. You know, have you still have to know how to communicate with uh, the different uh, the different ladder of communication with you know producers if they're on set to the director uh, and then to uh, anyone else on set who is there to assist with the image making process, right? And how do you go from one man band, videographer, small budget stuff, $500, $250, day rate sort of things, you're still editing their projects for the same amount of money, you know, $250 or $500 or anything in between that. How do you go from that, um, that sphere of work to cinematographer where you're mostly... If anything, you're really just hired for your taste and for your uh, for your skill set to bring a director's vision or a client's agency visions to life. 
and less of like the one man band solo operation uh, sort of sort of sphere of of operating. And the biggest thing I would say is it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. Right? You don't go from like Salisbury steak to prime rib overnight. Um, some people have in the past, you know, and I, I, I think there's always the exception. What is it? What is it? The, um, I forgot what rule it is, but there, there's always like exceptions to any rule. Right? There's always that 1% exception to any rule, but for the 99% for the rest of us, right? That 99% of us, we have to work at it over time. So my biggest, my biggest piece of advice is like, if like I've said it, 800 billion times, right, is shoot spec work. Shoot spec work because spec work is going to be able to show potential clients, potential production companies, directors, producers, that you aren't just this guy with a small mirrorless camera and a gimbal and like an aperture 120D running around, right? You can actually do something in the realm of a higher budget uh, commercial, car commercial or a food commercial or a, um, a short narrative piece or maybe it's a branded documentary like DocuFollow kind of thing. It shows those people who have the larger budgets that, oh, I didn't know this guy could do this. All right, so number one is continue to shoot your spec work. Continue to get better at uh, storytelling in some way, shape or form or maybe one of the better things to do is to find a director who you really enjoy working with and every time you work with, <clears throat> excuse me, every time you work with them uh, on a spec project, a short film, whatever it is, you really love not only the the process of it all, uh, but you also love the end product of it. Right, it's something that you've been able to add to your reel, and and slowly over time, you start getting more and more leads. You're like, oh hey, you know, um, hey Bob, I didn't know. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I didn't know, but hey Bob, I saw that. I saw your reel and there's a couple things in there that I really love because we have this this uh, you know night exterior docu follow kind of thing coming up um, as a sizzle project. You know, would you be available? What is your rate? Blah 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 blah. Okay, and so again, spec work and updating your reel are the most important things to go from videographer to cinematographer. Um, beyond that though, it, it really comes down to, again, like, it really comes down to your skill because if you are, if you're really good at like the videographer, the one man band, like, I don't know, even, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, play it down, but if you're really good at, at just putting a camera using a gimbal, um, basic composition, you know how to light a face. And, and for the most part, if it's, if it's going to still be like high key stuff that you're doing all the time then you're probably going to be hired for just that, right? Whereas if you have like that stuff and then you have on your reel the things that are more nuanced, the things that are more, there's more depth, there's more contrast. Uh, it shows your your um, your ability to storytell visually. That is what's going to get you that, that uh, further transition from videographer to a working cinematographer to a working director of photography. Um, it's not the camera, right? we all know that. It's not about having uh, $200,000 worth of gear, right? We all know that. That's not the case because if you look at any 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 cinematographer in the commercial space right now, chances are either A, if they own a camera, it's like a mini LF or something to that effect, right? Or they don't own a camera. 
and they just rent the camera, right? So that, that goes to show that it doesn't matter if you have a camera or not. Like if you're good, you're gonna get hired, right? Eventually you're gonna get hired. So in the beginning stages though, you do need a camera and you need, you need something to be able to shoot the low, pro, the low budget projects, the, the boutique shop projects, um, the small agency stuff, the direct to client stuff, right? You need something to get better at your craft, right? It, it's, it would be like a, a musician, a guitar, a guitarist wanting to get better, wanting to get better at guitar and making a career at a guitar uh, as a, at a guitar, as a guitar, as a guitarist and not having a guitar, right? It's like, how do you, how do you expect to get better at guitar if you don't have a guitar, right? So you gotta buy something, you gotta buy a camera and get better at using uh, not only the technical side to the cameras, like going from uh, playing picture profile to say a, a log profile or shooting in raw, right? Knowing like the, the technical stuff and then also the creative visual stuff, right? It's like, how do you draw people into a story um, that's only 15 seconds long or 30 seconds long. Um, so yeah, biggest tips again, like keep shooting spec stuff, shoot at least one to two a year, you know, whether it's, again, you're just calling the homies out and you're asking them, Hey, I have this idea. Can you help me out for a day? Right. Um, or, you know, later on when you, when you can have the ability to save up throughout the year, which is also a tax benefit because you can also put down your taxes as hiring contractors out for work, right? Uh, because te technically you're paying them. And you know, you, maybe you have like $1,000 saved up, right? And you you hire, you know, your your two homies that are that are actors. Uh, you get another two homies that can help you out with uh, lighting and grip and camera. And you have a pretty good story, right? Maybe your, your director buddy that you've been working with he wants to come on board and, and just direct it and you can focus on the visuals, right? That's that's a recipe for success. And so continue to shoot spec stuff at least one to two times a year. Continue to update your reel with only the good stuff. Don't leave like if if you if you if your reel has a bunch of random shit in it, my I highly recommend to, you know, your job at that point is to curate it to the point where you want to get hired for that type of work. Right. So if you have like the high key tabletop food shop and then it transitions into like, you know, uh, um, a very grungy, uh, grimy <clears throat> fight club type of setting with two guys fighting. And then it transitions to like a walk and talk uh, day exterior running gun um, uh, of, you know, someone talking about a car. And you know what I mean? Like like if it's all over the place. It's better to have something at least in the realm of consistency, right? So if you're real, if you want your reel to be dark and moody, whatever the hell is in the reel, it doesn't matter if it's a narrative, if it's documentary, if it's a short film, if it's a spec thing, if it's a martial arts thing, if it's a car thing, right? Make it dark and moody, right? Just like stay consistent with it. So that way when, because again, right? If you love the dark and moody thing, then you're going to get hired for the dark and moody thing plus all the other stuff, right? Because chances are, um, agencies and producers and directors, they're gonna look at all your, they're gonna find a way to look at all your stuff. They're gonna look at your reel first because your reel is gonna be a clear indication of what you can do and um, at, at what level you can do, right? And they're gonna ask, oh, you know, by the way, um, have you ever done this, right? Have you ever, have you ever done um, filming, have you ever filmed uh, chefs making really elaborate creative dishes, right? And you can say, actually I have, it's not on my reel, but I can send you the link to this, this thing that I shot like a year ago, right? So uh, those are my, those are my, again, 
kind of like tried and tested tips, right? And, and everyone, you ask any cinematographer, I bet you the same thing. They're going to say, keep shooting your spec stuff. And they're going to say, keep updating your reel until you get to the point where you don't need to shoot spec stuff and update your reel, right? Because you'll be too busy working at that point. Um, but we're all getting there slowly, right? It's just a gradual progression, right? And again, I, I take this from real world experience, right? The, uh, the main reason why I am at where I am, where I am right now is really, you know, two things. One, it's shooting a, a shitload of spec stuff so that way I can show people what I can actually do and not just the, the regular stuff, right? The, like the yogurt commercials and the, and the um, tabletop food stuff and like the, the uh, interview, docu kind of stuff, right? And so number one is just I've been able to shoot a ton of spec stuff every year and update my reel with it. Um, and then number two, is is you have to have your own definitive style you know I, I don't think like again you don't you don't make every project the same but there's this there's there's a it's like a one percent little unique difference in what you do that no one else does right and it's and it's doing that over and over and over again and showing that in your reels showing that in the content you put out right sharing stuff like on instagram or whatever it is um it's that one one percent that makes you different that I feel, I feel for some reason, producers and agencies and directors and like they see it and they vibe with it, right? And if they vibe with it, then they want to hire you because they want that same, uh, they want that same aesthetic. So a good analogy I like to say with that is, um, it, it's sort of like if you are going into a clothing store, right? Whether you like shopping, I hate shopping, but rather it's like going into a clothing store, right? And you're looking for something very specific. Um, like a specific type of shirt and you're at the the rack where the shirts are right and then uh, someone else is there and they're looking for the exact same thing and you guys start talking about it and you're like yeah you know I love I love it because I saw this guy wear and then oh yeah I saw that guy wear it too and he was doing this thing right so it's, it's commonality right you find common ground to spark a conversation and then from that um, the possibilities are just endless, you know? So, uh, that is it for this episode, friends, uh, anything new? Oh, I will say this. If you are, if you are looking, if you've been waiting, if you've been hesitant to buy any, any new gear that's electronic based, right? Not like a tripod or anything like that, but, um, anything that has, and that is electronic, I would buy it now because I've been getting emails from like small HD from Tilta that come September, they are raising their prices, right? Because of inflation because of the uh, semiconductor industry isn't able to uh, mass produce uh, integrated circuits and, and, and chips as fast as they used to, right? And so what does that mean for people like who make monitors, who make cameras, or not, maybe not cameras, but like monitors and wireless follow focus systems, uh, displays, things like that, right? They have to bring up their prices, right? In order to combat inflation. So, uh, so actually I bought, um, the Tilta Nucleus M, just like the, the half kit thing that has one motor and then the uh, hand unit for the focus wheel. Uh, because for the longest time, it was like $5.99. I was like, yeah, I'll just buy whenever. And then it went up to $6.99. I'm like, hmm. And then I got that email from Tilta saying they're raising their prices. And I'm like, hmm. Maybe I just buy this now before I have to pay like $500 extra when they raise up their prices, right? Um, what else did I notice? Yeah, small HD. I mean, their monitors are very expensive. I own uh, an ND7. I own a 702. And uh, they are not, uh, you know, budget monitors. Like, they're really good displays. They're really good monitors. The operating system is amazing. So you definitely pay what you get for. 
But their other stuff is, I think, kind of overpriced, to be honest. It is good quality stuff, though. So you get what you pay for, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, if you were looking at getting like a small HD or something or, or uh, a Nucleus M, um, maybe, a, maybe a certain monitor you're looking at, you're like, hmm, you know, probably best bet to look at it now than to wait later. So that is my, that is my tip for today, I guess. Uh, if you liked this podcast episode, please read it on the um, podcast app or iTunes. I don't even know which one you go to to rate it. That's how bad I am at this thing. I don't even know how to rate my own thing. Um, go to Apple or something, podcast. You can hit the, the three-star thing or the five-star thing. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, just so you are uh, notified when these weekly episodes come out. Share the podcast with all your friends, your family members, the stranger you meet talking about a shirt at the clothing store. And uh, I, will, I will catch you guys in the next podcast episode. Ciao.